Hi guys and welcome to episode 14 of the In The Hub podcast brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. On this week's episode, we discuss all things management with none other than David Treadway, chairman at IKO Media Group. David's career in broadcasting and media began in BBC Radio 2, where he has since gone on to hold multiple managing director and high-level management-based positions in our industry. Really hope that you enjoy this episode. How are you this morning, David? Very good, thank you, Neil. And you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, not too bad. Um, I, I don't know how you're coping with the uh, the lockdown two at the moment, the sequel. Well, it's it's interesting. We're kind of <clears throat> you know we've been here, we've been here before, haven't we? Um, yes. And yep. in a sense, uh, you know, there's a great sense of deja vu. I think uh, you know, for for me, I, one of my issues is I'm 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 very worried that our people in the UK aren't taking lockdown as seriously second time around as they did first time but there was a kind of sense of adventure first time uh, even though it's a you know horrible situation and people dying and so on there was this kind of we were presented with a situation not many of us have come across before and i think that's also um the case in other parts of the world so you know governments and and health authorities and 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 all the you know all those involved have to work twice as hard second time around and i think that's one of the issues that that faces us and um you know i think i think people need to be reminded that this is this is not a jolly jape you know it's <laughs> we're doing it for a reason david i mean you've had quite a variety of positions in organizations like the bbc and wrn throughout your career you know could you just run us back to how you got started in the broadcasting and media industry yeah so um i mean my my motivation behind all this many years ago was that i love pirate radio um and you know i grew up in the in the, the era of radio caroline and swinging radio england and big l um you know and all those and it was terribly exciting for you know uh, a teenage lad um and previously that you know there'd been two hours of pop music on the bbc light program <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> on a yeah. sunday um and uh and, and radio luxembourg you know which was not a you know it was uh, it was not necessarily a comfortable listen because of the signal strength and the fact it you know came and went especially after dark and all that uh, nonsense and and suddenly the pirates um introduced people like me to the prospect of uh, a, a form of radio that people elsewhere in the world had got used to many years before but we hadn't and that really, I think, sowed the seeds for me wanting to be involved in broadcasting in some way. And I and and initially, I thought it was going to be a radio. And indeed, my initial kind of um, forays into broadcasting were were in radio through BBC Local Radio and then uh, national uh, radio in 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 the national regions in the UK. And uh, I ended up becoming um, the the chief assistant of BBC Radio 2, which is like the deputy controller responsible for scheduling and commissioning and, and so on. And, um, uh, and that, was, that was a very interesting uh, time in, in my career. Moved, moved from radio into the cable uh, and satellite business and was the <clears throat> MD of United Artists Communications um, in the southwest based in Bristol had two um, uh, sort of franchise areas that I was responsible for, both the Avon and the Cotswolds franchise initially. 
and then um, moved on from that into media in in retail environments uh, through a company called Firebrand Media, uh, where we were putting TV into convenience stores and promoting products. Um, and then eventually that led me to to broadcast services and WRN Broadcast and then RR Media and then MX1, which is uh, part of or was, it's no longer a brand, but was part of uh, uh, SES and is now called uh, SES Video. Then I went off and, and did an interim role in Dubai, um, came back from that and, uh, and then accepted the, the chairman's uh, position with uh, IKEA Media Group. So I'm kind of semi-retired now. That's what they always say, David. Yeah. <laughs> but I've always been interested in trying to help young companies yeah. um, you know, navigate their, 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 their way through, uh, through commerce. I mean, it's something I've always enjoyed doing, and I still really enjoy working with, with younger companies, um, startups and so on. And I've, I've done a little bit of that in the past as well uh, during my time in, in venture capital. So I, 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 you know, I, I really enjoy that idea of, of, you know, working with people to encourage growth and realize growth, both in the commercial sense and in the people sense as well as Amazon. Just how often are you, are you still kind of into the radio uh, kind of industry? Are you still dipping your toes in or, or you know, are you fully out of that now and, and do you miss it? Or? I, I do miss it, actually. I'm, I'm not involved in, uh, in radio um at the moment i'm i'm still a, a great listener to radio um but it's you know it's become uh, certainly commercial uh, radio has become um you know very much a you know a big group operation and the the uh, the initial um concept of of commercial radio or independent local radio is then called that's not a term that's used much anymore but you know the l <laughs> for local in in commercial radio uh, tends to get forgotten a bit these days but um you know the idea that a um uh, a commercial a station can be viable commercially in uh you know in 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 a small town or or a small city um i think we've kind of lost sight of that a little bit as we've moved to larger groups and i understand why commercially you know it's a huge commercial imperative to try and um, you know, reduce costs and make things work, um, uh, and use resources more effectively. But I, you know, I think there is. It's a bit sad that we've we've lost some of the local in commercial radio these days. Yeah, and I, I was going to ask David, do you think it was um, always the case that you're going to gravitate towards the broadcaster media industry? But it sounds like it was pretty deep rooted into you from the start. Well, yeah, I suppose it was really. I mean, I, 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 I had um, ambitions to to be a teacher. In fact, I did teach for 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 a oh. short while. I I went to a drama college to train to be a teacher, not an actor. And um, and in fact, while while I was at uh, it was the Central School of Speech and Drama or the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, as it is now. You know, whenever we did a production, I was always the guy on sound. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, from that perspective, I suppose you know that's that side has always been um, sort of predominant uh, in my early career. Less so now. So, David, I mean, if we move towards, um, obviously, a lot of your positions have been in in management roles and high level management. Just in general, do you prefer being part of these 
big corporation environments or do you find yourself leaning more towards the smaller enterprises um i do i mean i've worked for both um i mean i certainly in in you know early part of my career i was a you know jobbing station assistant and and and, and producer um i spent a lot of time in music production actually both in in scotland and in uh, manchester where i um in both places ran what were then the the BBC house orchestras for Radio 2, Scottish Radio Orchestra, and then the, the Northern Radio Orchestra. Um, so I spent a lot of time in, in music production, uh, which I, I really enjoyed, and then gradually gravitated towards management. Um, I was the, the head of the Radio 1 and 2 unit in, in Manchester and then moved down to London as, as chief assistant Radio 2. But I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to knock uh, my time working for big corporations because uh, I, you know, I, thorough, I learned a lot from them and thoroughly enjoyed my time with those organisations. But what I realised was that I was the guy who liked, you know, bringing about decisions that could happen quickly. Um, so if you're working with a small team uh, in in you know in a company like WRM Broadcast, for example, you know we could put into action some things very very quickly. Um, once we've taken a strategic or policy decision, uh, whereas a large organisation can take several months to do that. And um, so it made us very nimble. And that's the bit I really enjoy about business, being uh, nimble and uh, able to respond to events quickly um, and potentially gain a commercial advantage in, in, in so doing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for organisations that even as they grow, um, always remember that actually, in essence, a successful company is you know a small group of people who make things happen. Um, and uh, I think I think large organisations sometimes lose sight of that. One, I spent some time in my career in, in the venture capital industry, you know, look, looking at investment opportunities and advising investors how to. Uh, you know, whether to, to, to go ahead with those investments. Um, and it's a sad fact of life that um, in the in generally the kind of what they call the, the mergers and acquisitions market, the M&A field, something like 90, a high, very high percentage, 90, high 90% of acquisitions um, don't really work very well. Companies, usually a larger company acquiring a small company, forgets why it's acquiring that company. It, it tries to turn it into a clone of itself. And I've had some very real experience of that, actually, with uh, in, in one particular instance that I, <laughs> that I won't go into, um, where you know a company I was running was acquired by um, a larger company, and it knocked the, 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 the life out of the younger company. Um, and it was a very uns un unsuccessful acquisition for that reason um because it destroyed the the kind of the spark the way thing you know suddenly things took three months to get decided rather than three hours so i've always i've always enjoyed um sort of you know certainly running and being involved in smaller companies and still do you know those opportunities where i i have to to advise um smaller companies i i i thoroughly enjoy being able to you know, persuade someone of an idea that's going to see real results quite quickly. Yeah. 
it really is only once you've worked in a larger kind of corporate environment or, or vice versa that you realize you know just how long it takes for even the smallest decisions just to go through you've got to go through so many different layers yeah absolutely i mean having said that you know it's the larger companies that are very often responsible for the big innovative um changes in in technology so there's a sort of as a perverse kind exactly, of yeah. you know other side to that um but i think i think the good bigger corporations are those that that remember what it's all about and it's all about making things happen um quickly not making a meal of corporate governance in the sense of um you know over over complicating yeah processes and decision making and so on um it's it's what sometimes kills um otherwise great corporations no 100 percent. so david in your experience you know what is the importance of the people and employees within our industry and how important have people been to you and your company's successes in the past um well i, I mean i i think that people um are a company's most important resource um they're a company's greatest asset. Um, you know, it's people that deliver uh, new ideas, uh, new opportunities, new technology, new ma- new ways of making things happen. So, you know, in in my time as as either an MD or a CEO, uh, I've come to realise that you know, notwithstanding all the other responsibilities that a CEO has, strategy, maximising you know, growth and, and profitability, delivering shareholder value, all those things, health and safety, all the legal stuff. Um, you know, one of one of the one of the things that a CEO must must really focus on is his team putting to the right people together um, in a team. So spotting people, nurturing that talent, developing and and um and managing those people once you've got them in place that's all crucial to a company's success and i think the you know my i've had my my ups and downs with that over my career but when it's worked i think it's the thing that gives me greatest satisfaction and i can think of one individual who i won't name because it would embarrass him <laughs> um uh, who's now a very senior guy in the industry it just gives me an enormous satisfaction seeing that guy's career blossom um, and and knowing that you know I played a part in helping it on its way. You know, I mean, it, it it's mainly down to him, not me. <laughs> Let me make that very clear. Um, <laughs> Got to give yourself some credit. Well, I'm just you know nurturing that talent and and allowing him to understand what his potential yeah. was um, and how. I mean, actually, with this individual, I don't think there was any doubt. He he always had a an idea of what his potential was, but it was how he achieved it, you know, and and giving him the kind of steps and the the roadmap uh, to to do that, and in so doing, of course, um, getting the most out of him for that company at that time. Um, and so, you know, I think I think you know, managing people is often um, you know, is often delegated to others, and I think actually the the, the CEO, um, uh, you know, certainly in a, in in a smaller organisation, it's it's the thing he really needs to focus, or she needs to focus and concentrate on to make sure that 
you know they're getting the best out of out of their people because the rewards can be dramatic if you focus and, and invest in that that the, the time yeah. in in that the rule the rewards uh, can be fantastic and um, there's no two ways about that so I you know I think people are the company's um, greatest asset and and we need to do all we can to make sure that um, they develop their potential. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to keep it's that also in fair mind, to yeah. say that. Yeah, you know, sometimes you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know, I've 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 worked with some great managers and 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 execs over the years, and you know, bringing the people on, watching them grow, is 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 one of the things that gives certainly gives me most pleasure in in in, in business. It's 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 very satisfying. What's the kind of one piece of advice you'd give to smaller company managers? and uh, management teams that are trying to navigate their way out of COVID-19 in our industry? Well, I think, I think the best piece of advice I could give right now is don't, don't let COVID deflect you. Um, just because this pandemic is, is changing the way we do business in, in, in some major ways right now, um, uh, that doesn't mean that we, you know, we should panic. Um, stay focused, stay with the plan. You know, COVID might mean that things are going to take longer to to achieve uh, it's going to take a bit longer to get where where we thought we might need to be uh explore how else you can deliver the plan if that's if that's appropriate if it's if it's so changing um the fundamentals of the way you do business how can you get around it and uh, and also make sure that that um your people feel safe that's you know that's a given um but also continue to be valid uh, valued rather you know, a lot of a lot of people are now working remotely. I mean, uh, Ico Media Group, the company I I chair, uh, that that's that's always been a fact of life since day one. We were we were set up that way, um, but for some companies, this is a quite a challenge, um, and so you have to make sure that that the people, um, you know, stay in touch, feel valued, and 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 don't get forgotten. It's just refreshing to hear some optimism, David. For, for once well thank you for that i mean i'm i think i'm by nature quite an optimistic person i'm i'm a you know yeah. i'm i'm a, a a glass half full chap not a not half empty or is it the other way around i never know but but i am an optimistic person by 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 nature and you know and all always always try and think around the issues and and uh you know, look look for the the other thing about COVID is that it actually does present opportunities for companies in certain circumstances. So we shouldn't lose sight of that. Um, I mean, there are some obvious examples, uh, you know, such as the medium we're currently using. <laughs> um, but you know, where 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 huge growth can can be achieved um, when you know, which was unexpected, um, and 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 you know, most of the focus we give is is the other side of that coin where companies are hurting and the and the economy is hurting um uh, because of the effects of covid but there there are some winners in this um and um you know nimble companies will be able to make sure that this pandemic doesn't knock them off track this might be a little bit of a sore spot as well for you depending on how you feel about them but how important do you think that the physical and in-person trade shows are to our industry? And, and do you think they'll become less important as a result of this year? Well, 
Um, I mean, I, I, I love a trade show. Uh, <laughs> it is a sore <laughs> spot all, then. Well, I, I like trade shows for all kinds of reasons. Um, you know, if you think about trade shows, you know, the, particularly the big ones like uh, IBC and 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 NAB and some of those in 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 the Far East in Singapore and so on. You know, they work because people get together. The conference inside of it, you can do virtually. You know, I'm not a I'm not a great conference goer actually. You know, I don't I don't I don't go to the conference at NAB or or IBC. I go to the show. I spend my week, uh, you know, my five days, whatever it is, on the show floor in meetings. Yeah, looking you know, looking for new ideas, looking for new business opportunities. Obviously, talking to suppliers, talking to the technology guys. Um, you know, looking at what companies have got to offer. Um, it's about networking. It's about, um, you know, the industry being in one place at one time and and celebrating as well. I do think it's a, a shame that, um, that, you know, that, that, that the big trade shows and in fact, all trade shows have, have had to be cancelled or postponed because of COVID. And I think most of us miss uh, those events. I mean, as a company, we always use a, a trade show as an opportunity to, to you know, entertain our clients and our suppliers and um, uh, and, and 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 target some you know some new business opportunities and 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 uh, and approach it that way. We don't. We're not an exhibitor, actually. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact that uh, trade shows can be hugely expensive. Um, events in a in a, in a company's uh, annual marketing spend. My own view is that a company of our size would, you know, just get lost in the noise of the, one of the big shows. Maybe not not the smaller shows. So we use we use shows to network and to uh, say hello to our our customers and our suppliers and 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 make sure that um, you know we do the the, the touchy feely bit as well as the business bit. And and that's what I miss. I mean, I did miss IBC this year. Obviously, it had to it had to be postponed. Um, I I, <laughs> I had flights booked twice for for uh, for Dubai for Cabsat. Oh no! And uh, and twice I had to to move or or cancel them. Finally, they bowed to the inevitable and said, uh, "Well, it's you know, it's a uh, it's a virtual event this year." <laughs> But it's you know it's not the same, unfortunately. No, and I mean, you know, good luck to those show organisers who are trying to make the best out of a a difficult time. Um, but you know, I look forward to the return of the trade shows. I think they will get we'll we'll get back to them. I think they'll bounce back. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, I'm not sure whether NAB will will happen as a physical show um, in 2021, but I'm rather hoping that IBC certainly will um, by, by, you know, by September things should be much closer to normal. So, you know, I just, I just think um, hasten the day uh, as soon as we can get back to them, um, the, you know, the better really. So just to finish on David, how do you think the future is looking for our industry in general? And we tend to ask guests to try and condense this into one word and then uh, kind of further explain it. So uh, that's that's quite difficult to use one word to encapsulate uh, my feelings about the future. I mean, I think I think dynamic is like is, is the word I'd that. use for all kinds of reasons. As as you said earlier on, I'm a bit of an optimist. 
Uh, and I do think that that there's an exceptionally bright and dynamic future uh, ahead in in the you know, the satellite and distribution business um, and the broadcasting business in general. I think you know consumption of of content has seen unparalleled growth um, uh, this year. Uh, you know because of people have been spending more time um uh, consuming it whether it be on tv whether it be online however it might be so i th- i think i think there is a hugely exciting multi-platform future it, it's already with us but it's it's going to get even more exciting and uh, and develop even further and i think that's that, i think that's going to be key to it you know people often talk about the demise of linear and um, you know, uh, it's all, it's going to be an IP future. And, and, you know, I think actually what's going to happen is it, it's going to be a multi-platform, multi, um, multi-purpose future in the sense that we'll be using, as we are now, different solutions for different needs, for different circumstances. So I don't think there's a one size fits all. And I think, yeah. um, you know, so I think it's hugely exciting. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that, you know, you would expect something like the pandemic to have a very, very bad effect on a sector like ours, certainly in the, the, the distribution the, uh, side of the sector, because, um, you know, no new deals are being done and all the rest of it. Actually, they are. New deals are being done. You know, growth is still there. It's still happening. Um, okay, the, the, the OU side of certainly IKO's, uh, business took a huge hit uh, back in uh, uh, back in uh, February March, you know, because things, you know, sports and events just came to a shuddering halt very suddenly. Um, but even even in that, we've still seen um, a bit of a change as it's gone on, as as uh, events organisers and content owners, particularly the rights owners, have found other ways of doing things. You know, using using television. To bring um, the obvious example, uh, to, to to bring soccer matches to the audiences that can't actually turn up and and stand in the stadium. Um, so, you know, th- there has been a change, but 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 it, not just in in OU, which, as I say, came to a shuddering halt for everyone. Uh, you know, back towards the beginning of of twenty twenty the permanent services side we've seen some growth as well so you know it, it, it's been very um you know it's been different and it's been slower but there's still been new business out there so i think that's that's um you know bodes well for the future when when things do of course the you know <laughs> when this thing finally ends everyone's going to come roaring out of the starting gates at the same time trying to do <laughs> you the can same imagine stuff. it can't you yeah absolutely so so you know you know make sure you 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 know how you're going to behave well yeah. before that happens don't don't uh don't start you know suddenly having emergency strategy sessions yes, then yeah. you should be you should be doing that work now and should have been doing it over the past few months so that you know where you're going next year yeah so definitely start planning for the emergence basically now oh absolutely absolutely it's 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 just around the corner i hope <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed if we move a bit over, more over to IKO Media Group, you know what's in store for the future of you guys, and, and has COVID nineteen impacted the work you guys do? I know you said about back in February with OU, 
Um, but if you could, uh, you know, delve a little deeper into that for us, that'd be great. Well, I mean, I suppose that's the obvious example. I mean, that's not a, you know, it's a very important part of our business, but it's by no means most of our business. But it is starting to come back already, as I as I said earlier. So I think, uh, I think that was the the you know the obvious impact. Um, I think you know that leads us to strategize and think about how else we can we can serve that that part of the industry, and that's been ongoing for some time. Um, I think you know we 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 have seen some growth a little differently to um, uh, to the way that uh, we usually do it as a as a you know, an international company with you know people in all different parts of the world we we're quite used to remote working what the other the other thing we are used to is doing a lot of traveling our, our execs are, are are always somewhere else in the world and of course that also came to a a complete uh, standstill you know we're very relationship focused with our with our with our clients and our suppliers and uh finding new ways of making sure those relationships don't suffer as a result of um, the inability to get on a plane and go see them, um, has has been a challenge, but it's one that we've risen to, and I think our our people have done extremely well uh, on that front. I mean, the other the other side of it, of course, so our operations base is and, and teleport is just outside Rome. You know, the, the the immediate impact, if you remember, right at the start of this, Italy was one of the the worst uh, hit countries. And the impact that had on our staff with, you know, people having to self-isolate um, and the, the impact on rotors and, and the operations in general was um, was significant, actually. Our team there did a magnificent job in um, making sure that staff were protected, that the operations continued to function normally um, and that, you know, clients and their services weren't, weren't, weren't affected. I think, I think we've learned some things about managing teams as well out of that so i think that's that's brought some strengths going forward but um i think i would like to pay tribute to our to our um our, our team in rome actually for what they achieved um during what was a very difficult time in italy um and you know be, before it hit the rest of the world really um the rest of us were sort of standing by thinking oh i wonder if that's going to hurt us you know a couple of weeks later bang everyone was in lockdown um, but we've we so we've you know we've we've learned from that. I think it has um, informed our view about the industry, the opportunities that uh, are there for us. Um, it's certainly informed our our view of M and A opportunities, and and, and I think um, you know uh, uh, watch this space on on that front as far as. Ico Media Group is concerned. I think there are some uh, exciting things uh, that will that will happen over the course of um, you know the next twelve months. Um, so you know it's it, I, it, it's a time I think of um, of uh, a really exciting time of of opportunity and and, and growth for a company of our size. Um, and I think we're going to come out of this much stronger, more determined. And more able to maximise opportunities than perhaps we went into it, just because we've learned and adapted as we've as we've gone along. Definitely, I think massive respect to you guys for, for obviously everything you've been doing to navigate it, and obviously just your optimism. Well, thanks for that. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I understand also the other side of it, and those people who are saying, "Oh gosh, you know, 
this is bad news and all the rest of it. And it is bad news for some companies. You know, some companies will go out of business. Um, but uh, I think, you know, business is about adapting. Business is about remembering why you're there, what your what your end game is, um, and uh, and navigating the journey between wherever you start and wherever you end. Um, and you know that road is never straight, even in the best of times. That road is never straight. Um, so um, yeah, I'm I'm a bit of an optimist, but I am um, I also. Um, I understand those people who are less optimistic than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's important to, yeah, I understand. How can people get in touch with IKO Media Group and find out more about anything that you're up to? Um, I, th- I, I guess the, the West website is the best way to do that. It's uh, ikomg.com. That's ikomg.com. Um, and there you can um, you can hit the, uh, the get in touch or the contact us button and um and we'll get back to you but um you know we're 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 always excited by new opportunities uh and as i say you know we're motivated by delivering products and services and solutions that work for the client developed to fit their needs um that's out that's that's the way we work that's just the way we are <laughs> um and we hope we'll see you all again at IBC in September. <laughs> so, David, I mean, that, that's everything. So thanks so much for taking the time out to speak to me this morning. It's, uh, it's been much appreciated. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. And, um, and good luck to, uh, to all of you at Playbox, too. Uh, you too, David. Thank you.